Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. Well, this is on the personal note. And just to be clear, I want to share the story because although it's on the personal note, I think you get a laugh about it. Here's what happened. I been telling the story about how frustrated I am with my current property manager. This frustration continues. Well, the property manager, I, there's apparently the city at some point in the eighties lobbied the local cops to act like an HOA. If you're outside the United States and don't know what I'm talking about, when I say HOA, first of all, kudos to you. Second, here's the, the skivvy right on this business. So with an HOA, an HOA is nothing more than basically a group of people, however they are formed, that are tasked with going around and enforcing certain standards upon people's property, your private property, telling you what you can and cannot do. In some cases, this is good, right? Old, beat down, broken vehicles sitting out in the grass, obviously. In some cases, it's a little bit aggressive. In my case, I think it's aggressive. So these cops, this, this cop, Paul Blart looking cop, goes out and he notices that there's a weed and it's hanging over the sidewalk. It's not stopping you from walking. It's not doing anything. Okay, fine. Then there's dead bushes. There's dead bushes because we had a water restriction, significant water restriction because we were in a drought because we're in a desert and they limit how much you can water even if you can water. But the irrigation system's busted and I wasn't going to pay for it because it's not my property. I had put in maintenance. The property manager said, we only do things that are actually emergencies. Okay, well, that's not an emergency, so they weren't going to fix it. Great. It is what it is. So I just let it be. Fast forward, and I get a citation from Paul Blart, cop, right, talking about all this stuff, and goes to the property manager. Okay, fine. Property manager files a maintenance thing that I can't cancel. These guys come out today, and they're saying, yeah, we've got to replace all this stuff, and we're going to do a bid for the property manager. That's fine. But we have got to replace everything. Got to replace all the bushes. Got to basically redo the grass. If they'd done the grass right, we wouldn't need to replace it. That's a separate thing. And then the irrigation system, I told them it's busted. That's why I didn't run it. That's why it wasn't watered. That I can't because it's busted. They chose not to fix it. 
That's my story. That's why I want to get out of Nevada so dang bad. People think Nevada is a great land. Nevada used to be a great land back when they actually had a train. Ever since they got rid of the train, it's turned into a cesspool that I want to get out of quickly. Now, I did find the organization that would take what I want, which is I've got a company that will need to pay you. Let's stop the nonsense. We're not doing stupid screening. Let's just get it done. Or I'll prepay six months, whatever. Found one willing to do it. Then they were trying to force Amazon Hub. That doesn't work for me, brother. So <laughs> I backed off that one, contacted my company. They're going to refund me. It's like a $100 cancellation fee, whatever. I get my money back and I still got money stacked in the bank. No problem there. Then I got to figure out what to do because if they decide to renovate this thing, it's going to be a lot of money and I'm not inclined to pay it. If they try to force it, I'm going to do what I have to do. Don't want to, but it is what it is. So that's my current situation. As in, chances are January, I'm going to be out of here. Do no you know, decision of mine. It's just, it is what it is. I have to pay December's rent. I'll get that paid. Find out what their answer is on this lawn thing. See if I can get out in January because the money's there to do it. Now I just got to find one that's willing to do it the way I want. At worst, I can go to my grandparents' old home out there in a in the south because it's vacant. Um, and, it, you know, they need to have somebody take care of it anyway. So I can do that. And then I don't have to pay anything. I would obviously pay something to the owner, which is my, my parents. But I wouldn't have to pay like the crazy amount something here. So that's open up in the air. And that's what's going on because I'm sure not doing an extended stay. Uh, but... There may be an impact to the podcast if it turns out that I'm not able to get uprooted quickly enough. So I'm going to have to put stuff in storage. I plan to start doing that this weekend. I'm going to call the my storage place, have them send out a couple of, of the boxes so that I can put some stuff in storage that I simply have not touched, literally have not touched. Just, get, just to start the process because I already know this is going to be a rolling ball really fast and quick. Meanwhile, let's spin over and start talking about some crypto, shall we? I don't know how much time I want to spend on various cryptocurrencies because I don't want to depress people, but I also don't want to generate hopium on the other side. So I'm going to start with price just because I think it's good. See where we're at. Then I want to spend the rest of the episode, predominantly the rest of the episode, talking about this FTX a little bit, only because there's more data we learned about what really went wrong. And I want to do some analysis because I think it's helpful and beneficial. And some people may just be curious. Because some people may really want to know. There's a lot of information. Some people may want to just understand how did it get so bad? Why did it get so bad? So I'll do the best I can to kind of put this all together. First prices. You're seeing that there's some green, right? Ethereum is up close to about $1,300. High of just shy of $1,300. Low of 12.6. That's not bad. However, I still see a downward trend, ladies and gentlemen. It just that doesn't seem it's going to be, it's not as bad as it was a couple of weeks ago but I still see a downward trend. Bitcoin's holding reasonably firm at about 17 grand. That's not bad. I speculated that what's likely happening is you got some very rich people who are trying to hold up cryptocurrency as long as they can, but it's not going to sustain. We are going to see some liquidations. We are seeing that money is shifting in a way that seems to preclude uh, any sort of recovery in the short term. Now, that doesn't mean that we're in a death spiral, but I do see that there's going to be some pain down the road as time passes, as in Q1, in my perception, Q1 is where we're going to see the real worst of it. Time will have to tell as to whether I get that right, but that's what I see as of right now. I see that 
pretty much the month of January is where we're going to start seeing some some of these significant drops. Where I expect we're going to go beneath ten thousand. I expect it to recover, but not all the way around. We are seeing the temporary buys in the short term, but the the longer play doesn't really feel good. Now, if you're one of those that wants to stack bags, this might be a good sign for you because if I'm right, first of all, give give my credit, but second, more importantly, if I'm right, it's a discount opportunity if you believe in cryptocurrency. The key is whether you believe in cryptocurrency. I can't tell you what to do. I can't tell you what to do with your cash. I'm saying that if you believe in cryptocurrency, this is this will be an opportunity to get in at a really good price point. If you survive through 2021, when the thing was spiking to $60,000, we're talking Bitcoin here, and you think about Bitcoin anywhere near 10,000 bucks, the math kind of speaks for itself. At 6X is pretty much assured at some point of recovery. This is what we see from the graphs anyway. Is that guaranteed for sure? No, because we see all these curveballs. Again, the Gary Gensler's of the world, Jerome Powell's, the FTX, another failure of some exchange, Coinbase going bankrupt. There's a lot of disruption of these variables that get in the way. However, we suspect that Bitcoin is going to be in a good spot in the big picture. We just are going to be dealing with some turmoil, and it's unfortunate that the bear period is lasting throughout 2022, pretty much the same way it lasted throughout 2021. We did have some green in 2022, certainly better than 2021, but we didn't get the recovery that we expected. That's why I currently see is that it's on the way down with Ethereum, same thing. Ethereum, I speculate in sometime January, it's going to be down. <laughs> We're going to start seeing some drops. I see Ethereum going beneath the 900 that I targeted. And like I said, if it does, I will do live karaoke on the YouTube channel. I've already got the song picked out. I have to work my hardware to get the song to play in sync with my voice. That wasn't working, but I'll have it working in time for sure because I see that there's nothing stopping Ethereum going beneath $900 at this point. I can always hope I'm wrong, but I'm just going off the graphs that I see. Now, on the flip, on some of the alternative tokens that are out there, most notably Luna Classic. Luna Classic has a very strong bullish sentiment. It certainly has a little bit of fear and bear, and I want to talk briefly, very briefly, about what's going on there. Terror Rebels recently put out a proposal where they were trying to get paid for the work that they did. You might be wondering, they weren't getting paid? No, because when Terror Rebels spun up, they said they were going to do it voluntarily. They said they didn't want money. The community, the early form of the community, wanted to make sure they got paid because the community was concerned that Terror Rebels might have been in the project if they did not get compensated. You can't really do software development free. People got to get fed. People have to keep a roof over the home. So people early on tried to pay these guys and they refused it. Fast forward and now that they've introduced and we did try to warn, nobody gave us our credit. We did try to warn. They introduced Telescam and they introduced all these other elements and now they're getting beat up and the stress level is hitting a fever pitch. Now they're wanting to get paid. Now they put out a proposal about budget to make sure they get paid, and actually some high-level influencers, one of which is an actual validator, I believe, voted no on this. Do you know why? Because initially they said they were going to voluntarily do it to their detriment. They should never have done that. They should have offered to do it for a price, for a charge. Most in the community right now feel that, no, if you recover it, you're going to be a multimillionaire anyway, do, do, do. so why do you need to get paid separately? Because they don't understand, because none of them do software development. I'll say that straight up. I'm not defending terror rebels. I'm saying that at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with them asking to get paid. I think it's fair for them to get paid. 
I think they should have gotten paid all along. That's my problem. And so now this proposal, if it's not going to pass, it's just going to cause further turmoil and they might have people abandon the work and that's not going to help anybody. So we have to see how that goes. But what it's done is created a negative sentiment throughout the community, which I predicted. No one gave my credit, but I did predict it and said, you're introducing bad people into the culture and you're not sticking the course of what you started with. That's what got us to this point. That's what's largely been contributing to a loss of the upward momentum that they once had. Also, a lot of the things they had on deck for the roadmap were not done. So they were proposing doing all these great things. They didn't do any of these things. And so that's also caused people to be concerned on the separate. So we don't know what's going to happen big picture long-term. Just telling you, Terra Luna Classic, it does have some of a bullish sentiment now, but it's harmed because of what they've done to their community. I do see that Luna Classic will stay the course, mostly because of the, the burns that are there, in addition to the all the things, the IBC and everything that they're turning back on, and hopefully getting you know wormhole traffic, everything back to the way it was, and then figuring out the repeg is still on deck. They haven't made significant progress, but it's still on deck. If they can make some traction forward, then Terra Luna Classic has a good shot at moving upward and onward. Meanwhile, Dogecoin, not Dogechain, Dogecoin, as I predicted earlier, Dogecoin was not able to hold its momentum with the unreasonable pumps that happened off Elon Musk. That's because, as I said, people just simply jump on Dogecoin anytime Elon Musk says a thing, and it doesn't really matter what it is. It's just Elon Musk said a thing, so let's jump on this doot, doot, doot. It didn't hold. Dogecoin is holding steady roughly about 10 cents, 11 cents, which isn't bad considering it was down as far as like 5 cents, 3 cents. So it's actually up decent good, but certainly not sharing the velocity it once had on route to like 70 cents, 80 cents that it was just a week ago. I don't naysay it. I'm not saying it won't succeed. I'm saying that as it stands right now, it has lost the momentum that it once had. And this just simply shows at the end of the day, fundamentals still have to hold true. you got to have something behind other than Elon Musk said a thing in order to sustain any pumps. All of these are short-term pumps. I do think long-term Dogecoin is going to be in a good spot. I don't know how long it'll take. It's going to be suffering for the next year or so-ish, or at least Q1, if nothing else, just like everything else because of the movement with Bitcoin, if nothing else, unless there are mitigating factors like another Elon Musk something or other. So, if you're in Dogecoin, that's something to consider. Just like with everything else, it is going to be fluctuating like Bitcoin, like Ethereum. And I do expect it comes out on the strong on the back end, but it'll take some time. Binance says in the company, the exchange. One of the executives, in this case, the chief strategy officer, came out and said something very frustrating for a lot of people who believe in Binance. I think Binance is crap, but some of the people like it. It's fine. No problem. Chief Strategy Officer, his name's Patrick Hillman. He came out and said, basically, our centralized exchange, it might very well not exist in 10 years because the they, he believes that the market overall is trying to move to descent. If you've listened to me for any period of time, you've heard me say, we don't have decentralized finance because the buck stops with the centralized exchanges. Binance, arguably being one of the largest, if not the largest, centralized exchanges means that all roads lead to them. That is not decentralization. What Patrick Hillman's suggesting is that ultimately in order for us to get to a world where the trust of the customers is regained and sustained, we've got to move back to a decentralized structure. We can't move to the centralization because it's not going to move us forward. And as seen with FTX, it doesn't really matter if you have the reserves because it's all about the people. 
You've heard me say that as well. When you have a centralized structure, you're held hostage, essentially, to the people and their whims and their greed. I'll talk about this here momentarily with FTX and Sam Bankman-Free poof here. But his statement about, you know, the centralized states may not exist in years, I believe it's going to exist for a long time, as long as their people don't make stupid mistakes. I don't think it's going to just shut down just because they're greedy like everybody else. We know how that goes. That's the game, how it works. Fast forward now a little bit, different little bit of news. There's a bigger conversation now, and I talked to Mr. Joshua Sagala on one of our earlier episodes. I do encourage you to go back, check that episode in the archives at CryptoTalkRadio.net, where we were talking about cryptocurrency and some of the down points of cryptocurrency. And one of the things he did, he did talk about is the idea that we should be able to self-regulate ourselves. We should be able to, we shouldn't need to rely on excessive government regulation. At some point, there has to be smart government regulation, but not to the point that it limits people's ability to generate wealth, because that's the whole point. Decentralization was supposed to solve this problem. It has not done so. Instead, what we've done is we pushed everything into this narrative that we really need to lock stuff down. and We got to have a central coin for all the government that duly notes everything you do, because, again, they believe they have to keep you safe. Whereas on the other side, we believe that self-regulation is really the key now, here's the downside. Self-regulation assumes that we are not going to welcome the kids and say the word jeet and say the word keck and say the word maxi and that we're going to grow up. And I don't see, frankly, any evidence that we want to grow up as cryptocurrency. Feels like we still have those same cultural things in place. People that jump on garbage tokens is still there. And as long as we have those kids, and when I say kids, I'm not talking your age. I'm talking how you act, how you speak, and how you present. If you can't half read, if you can't half speak, I'm probably including you. If you use the word jeet perfectly happily, I'm probably including you. Those kinds of people cannot move us forward. They keep us walking backward. Until we can clean those people out, and I'm not sure what that takes, we're going to be pushed towards a government regulatory society that I don't think anybody really wants, but maybe that's what we have to do in order to get rid of those people because no longer will you be able to bank off your greed to get you somewhere. That's my opinion and the opinion of many other people as we have this conversation around things like an FTX failure and what we need to do in order to avoid it happening again. A couple of weeks ago, I did an episode and I was talking about MetaMask and I said MetaMask is crap because it is, have said MetaMask is crap for months. And recently I gave an update about MetaMask and the fact that their tool was tracking IPs, which of course you can connect the IP to the wallet, which exposes your identity or at least can. And I said that you should not welcome this. You should not celebrate it. You should not be happy about it. And people should be speaking out about it. Silence. Until recently. Recently, we're now starting to see more people who are criticizing what's happened. This came because apparently MetaMask had done a little edit to their terms of service. And it basically says we're sharing the IP, but then they tweaked it and basically firmed it up. It's like, yep, that's what we're going to do. do, do, do. <laughs> now, all sorts of people were starting to get really frustrated wait a minute, how can you do that? This is unacceptable. Imagine I get in front of it and I don't think it's because people didn't know. I think it's because people didn't care until it affects them. The problem with MetaMask is that it is the default wallet used by developers, number one. Number two, most developers don't know what the F they're doing will lead you to MetaMask because it's the easy way to do it and it's easy for you to get your stuff ripped off. I'm being honest and frank here. It's also the most flexible. You can connect to every network possible. You can do a lot more with it, but as a result, you are at greater risk. They knew that. So then collecting your IP and then openly admitting that you do completely derails the idea of decentralization. I said that as well. 
Nobody chimed in about it till just very recently. So here's the thing. When we talk about not your keys, not your coins, that's also still in, in place. If you use a MetaMask wallet, it's still your quote wallet. The problem is that as they can now connect the dots between an IP and your wallet, it puts you at risk because now people can find out who you are correlated to the wallet that you have on a blockchain that is supposed to ensure your privacy because you didn't use a centralized exchange. There was no KYC. Well, if somebody has your IP address, they can also do a lot of harm to you. They can also breach you, right? You could have a situation where somebody is able to get in theoretically to your network and potentially get access to your wallet without touching it because they have access to your IP where it was used to connect your wallet to something else. I'm not saying it's likely. It's actually very difficult. I'm saying it's possible. The fact that they're even trying to collect the IP was concerning on its face and I had to call it out and I'm just disappointed that it was me calling it out and nobody was up until now. And now people are starting to highlight, you know what, this actually is a problem. Well, then started the conversation. Well, you talk about decentralization, right? Decentralization by its very nature means everything gets harder because you're having to do everything yourself. If you think about getting into cryptocurrency, and it may be hard for you to remember, getting into cryptocurrency was never really easy unless you start, like in the United States, you had to start with Coinbase. And most often you started with Coinbase Wallet because it was easy. If you tried to set up with Trust Wallet, it probably wasn't that easy for you because it doesn't really guide you through things. It assumes a lot of things. It's hard for you to do things. The give and take of this is that you have total control if you learn to do it start to finish and you don't use a centralized exchange. You're going to need a centralized exchange for the very first purchase. We know this. But once you get into your own world of managing your own wallet, now you're kind of on your own. Not a problem other than frustrating for people that are not tech savvy. Certainly somebody up in Montana who barely uses a cell phone, and by the way, I don't use a cell phone, but somebody in Montana doesn't use a cell phone, they're going to have a hard time getting into cryptocurrency, even if it might actually behoove them to do so. Then you flip on the other. You have all these other services that make it easy getting cryptocurrency, easy to buy it, easy to trade it, but there's usually some custodial arrangement that means you are at risk of losing your cryptocurrency, as we saw with Voyager, as we saw with Celsius and FTX and stable gains and all these other ones that made it easy. We'll give it to us and we'll make the profit for you. Do, do, do. And what happens? They mismanage your funds. You lose everything you had. You've heard me say, if you listen to me for a while, if you haven't welcome, but if you listen to me for a while, I've said, do not trust anybody with your cryptocurrency. It should be in your wallet because your wallet is the safest place for it. And do not give your keys to anybody else unless you're doing so you know, in the event something happens to you, right? As like maybe a will or something, sure, or an attorney. But even then, I wouldn't necessarily trust it because anybody can breach your funds. That's the risk of cryptocurrency is that unlike a bank account, it's actually very easy for somebody to steal your money. When you have tools that make it even easier, right? You now have the risk of the person who has custody over your funds possibly stealing your money. Just be careful. Be smart about it. Be careful with what's going on. Don't fall into the trap. I know it's tempting, especially when you see all this, you know, I made a million off of the, 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 those days are gone. I'm just telling you straight up. The last bit I'll cover, and this is important because I think most listening likely would have heard about this or have been affected by it potentially because of the services involved. Apple, Apple has recently enforced a 30% tax on NFT transactions. As a result, if you didn't know, Coinbase had started doing NFT transactions and transfers in its app, the Coinbase Wallet. This is different from the Coinbase Exchange. Coinbase Wallet, of course, recently had disabled a number of cryptocurrencies, and I recommended nobody do it. 
Apple, if you didn't know, their Apple store basically charges the tax on different things and they'll disable certain things. So like, for example, if you are on an Apple, like Android, I'll give an Android example. Android has this weird thing where you can't use Bing Maps on an Android device because if you try to do it, it'll block you and Bing will tell you, no, it's because Android won't list. Apple has the same restrictions on apps. This is why I've said apps are not the right answer. It's always about mobile web because you should not be tethered. It goes to the centralization conversation. You should not be tethered to somebody dictating how you use your device. That's what this is saying. 30% tax on NFT transactions. Coinbase comes out and says, quote, you might've noticed you can't send NFTs on Coinbase wallet anymore. That's because Apple blocked our release until we disabled that feature. Turns out, it's not that NFTs are blocked themselves. It's not. It's not that Apple's banning NFTs. They don't have a problem with it. They are going to be taxed 30% of every transaction. If you don't, then the app gets blocked. So now Apple came out and said, well, yeah, that's always been the terms. Do, do. Coinbase says, no, Apple wants to take 30% fee on any gas too, in addition to the NFT itself. And that's, that's not sustainable. It's not practical. You're basically ripping us off. Yeah, they are, and that's what it is. So now Coinbase is critical of the proprietary system that they got for Apple. And where this is coming from is Apple has in-app purchases. If you are not a mobile gamer, and I celebrate you for not being a mobile gamer, in-app purchases is the concept that you have some application or a game or something else, and when you're inside of it, it'll try to upsell you on something, and you buy it through Apple's store. That's an in-app purchase. It's not just games, but they're the most notorious. Apple is trying to treat these NFT transfers basically as an in-app purchase. And by doing this, it has to support cryptocurrency and it doesn't. So because of this, it can't use it. So then it nails you on this fee. So they can't use this separate fee that's charged just for the app. You have to do this other over here. But then the gas, the gas is treated as an in-app transfer. It's this whole weird thing. It doesn't surprise me. And I'm surprised. What does surprise me is that, you know, Android didn't do it, but Multiple levels of companies have been pissed off about Apple's iStore, iOS store, and I don't know why we continue doing it other than the fact that there are Apple users who have to do it. And I've said to the developers of the software, the answer is mobile web. Don't worry about an app, just create a mobile web. If you go into Trust Wallet today, right? Trust Wallet, when you do, let's say, a, a transaction in the store, their browse function. You're taken to a browser. You're, it's a browser window. You're not even using anything in the Android app at all. You're going to a browser. That's the best way to do this, to get around it. I think, my theory, I don't know. Coinbase Wallet is getting bit in the tail because of the decisions they made with XRP and, and Ethereum Classic and others. I believe that's what's happening, where somebody's trying to get back at them. That's just tinfoil. Call me tinfoil. I don't really care. So big picture, what are we talking about here? As an industry, I think cryptocurrency is having a hard time. I think cryptocurrency is going to continue to have a hard time in the short until roughly about mid next year. And I'll tell you again, as I've always said, and again, if you're new, you're hearing this for the first time, but I'll say it again. I believe that now is the time to make sure you don't get hooked on cryptocurrency like a gambling addiction. Make sure that you're taking care of your people. Make sure you're taking care of your family. Roof over your head. I believe that first don't get hooked in cryptocurrency and don't stare at graphs either. Cause it, I don't think, I think it's going to disappoint you in the long term. If you're a gambler and you want to gamble on the garbage tokens, that's fine. It's your money. I celebrate you, respect you. I just think that right now, especially now, now's the time to kind of reassess. What do you really, what is really your priority and focus and don't get tempted over the short pumps. If you want to go on the short pumps, go ahead. 
I'm saying don't get tempted and get trapped and then end up losing a lot of money because it might be a trap and we don't know. All I can tell is off the grass I see, everything looks like it's on a downward momentum and I don't think we're going to recover in the short term and I wouldn't want people to get wrecked, certainly not people that listen to me on the show. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Keck. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.